let me tell you about a man that I have met. They call him Captain or Wizard, don't forget. CJ Morgan's his name and he wanted to start a show, so we did. Now you're listening to him on that dang old radio. I feel like a big sub-theme of this week's show has been Taylor Swift and the Swifties. Ooh. Because people have been trying to get tickets. It's been difficult. Our very own Emily fought the system and kind of sort of won. Sort of, yeah. Uh, we even got into it with each other yesterday. I think she felt bit. defensive on Taylor's behalf. Right. Uh, tomorrow's the big sale when tickets to the general public, not the secret pre-sale, happen. And I just got uh, word from Ticketmaster themselves. This came out about an hour ago. Ticketmaster says, due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, has been canceled. You will now be only able to get these high demand tickets on the secondary market. Wait, wait, wait. They're canceling tomorrow's sale because there's not enough inventory and they don't have the... uh, the ability, the the logistics of their machinery to functionally oh, sell you okay. said tickets. That might explain this article that I sent to you earlier. I'm not sure if you saw it, but some of those tickets are going upwards of like ten thousand bucks. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I looked at that. Like in more, yes. and way more than that. The ten thousand is like a light number, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Who's gonna pay for that? Swifty's about to storm the Ticketmaster capital. That's who. I sure hope so, man. If uh, anyone can get it done, hopefully it's Taylor Swift and her loyal fans who seem to be very aggressive if you give any sort of negative comment toward her. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thus I mean, far, she hasn't said anything about this. Let me go okay. to her Twitter. Uh, yeah, her last tweet is still six days ago. Okay, maybe she's doing some research, you know, like we did for the group therapy thing. We came in here with all this research. And laid it all into poor Emily, who didn't know as much as us, so I almost feel like it was kind of unfair, but yeah. Uh, She's at fault, too. She's one of the artists that could do something about it and stand up to Ticketmaster and Live Nation, but instead... No, she's caving to the New World Order. Well, we don't know yet. We'll, We'll find out. I mean, I'm just saying maybe a little bit of, you know... Benefit of the doubt would be helpful, sure. but uh, I mean, just because you know, it's fun to be frustrated and dismissive. We do it all the time. Well, luckily, it's I like work maybe. In- I mean, I, I want to be hopeful that she's she will say something, and maybe it'll get brought up. Maybe go to yeah, Congress or at this who point, knows, it man. seems just- like if she hasn't said anything, she's going to be told to say something, or it's going to be that. Well, Here's right. the deal: you got to measure in- that with your PR. Yes. So. I work in radio, so Do we you? can just ask our boss for tickets. We'll get tickets no problem, so I'm not, not worried. Always but also, that easy, but as yeah, a yeah. member <laughs> of the music media, I, for one, am loyal and support you, Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Uh, so anything you Boo. need, I will hereby do your bidding. Boo. Long may she reign. On this day in 1550, no, not 1553, like 16 something. Point being, on this day in history, (laughs) November 17th, Queen Elizabeth began her reign. Not that Elizabeth, the first Queen Elizabeth. After Mary I, the monarch of England and Ireland, died, her 25 year old half sister, Elizabeth, both daughters of King Henry VIII, inherited the throne. 
Of course, she was imprisoned at the time in the uh, Tower of London. Elizabeth, a Protestant, Mary, a Catholic. They didn't really get along, but you know what? She got to be queen anyways, and not just queen, but was uh, overruling ruling England in one of the biggest periods of their growth and eventually led them to supremacy, yeah. not just in the sea, but in the entire world. She practiced a polity of strengthening England's Protestant allies, dividing her enemies, and of course, uh, growing their sea power more and more and more. Sure. One of the most famous moments in Elizabeth's lifetime, of course, was when the massive Spanish Armada was sent to England to take these little rabble-rousers and show him who the true world power was. It was actually a big mess and a turning point in the world uh, because Spain no longer quite as uh, big and amazing after that. England uh, took over. She was known as the Virgin Queen for her refusal to marry and take on a man. She had many, by the way, uh, powerful people that wanted to marry her, including the King of Spain at the time, as well as uh, others. They believed doing so would help shore up her her legitimacy and make her less of that. Uh, (laughs) But she became uh, known for a domination of sea power, of world uh, power, and of course, uh, of politics and political intrigue. During her entire existence, she was also known in the age of pirates, well, privateers as they were called, men like Sir Francis Drake, who circumnavigated the globe, and of course, the growth of the English Renaissance, such as art and playwrights, William Shakespeare being uh, one of many, who had uh, made England not just a world power in trade and military might, but in cultural, completely transforming the nation into what it is known pretty much up until uh, World War II, even a little bit today. By her death in 1603, England had become the major world power in every aspect, and we can thank who? A woman, Queen Elizabeth I. She's known as one of uh, England's greatest monarchs and one of the greatest monarchs in all the world, and today we celebrate her. Uh, quick question. Did they ever uh, catch Jack Sparrow? They did not. Oof. Yeah, he got away because there's always some new squid monster pirate under the sea to save him. But there you go. Happy birthday. Well, no, happy Ascension Day to my queen. All I want for Christmas is Mariah Carey to shut up. And now it's time for Emily's social cues. on the radio. Sorry, Mariah Carey. It's social cues with Emily, and sadly, I think a lot of people agree with you. This uh, whole, don't know this whole viral internet commercial TV thing, even stores yeah. uh, of playing Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas, yeah, like it was cute for a couple years, and now it's annoying that uh, after Halloween suddenly it's Mariah Carey season. The- Gosh, all the jokes about oh, Mariah Carey is thawing. She's she's coming close. It's gotten old, and it's annoying. Even she has embraced it. She posted a TikTok video this year of her dressed up as the Wicked Witch, and then as soon as it hit, you know, uh, November 1st, she trans. 
transforms into her Christmas self. And I'm like, shut up. Stop. You are the problem. Yes. You are ro- why we just skip over the rest of fall. Okay. I don't even I, care wait, wait, wait. about is Thanksgiving. She, is it her fault for making a banger Christmas song? Ugh. Or is it our fault collectively for letting it pervade, like, just well, it's invade not, our lives? It's not yes, mine. It's, it's not my fault. It's either. not my fault. There are many classic quandaries. Chicken or the egg. If a tree yeah. falls before you heard it, uh, were the Kardashians <laughs> inherently talented and famous, or did we make the Kardashians talented and famous? We don't know the answers to this. Yeah. And Mariah Carey is living, I guess, what we'd, we call the meme life, or become mm-hmm. part of the zeitgeist of Christmas, and you hate it. Yep. Uh, she evidently applied to I trademark the uh, moniker <laughs> of Queen of Christmas. Oh, no. I'm very upset by that. It's dumb. It's, she, it's yeah. really, really it's, dumb. It's stupid. But luckily, she was denied Good. by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, um, mainly because she started angering a bunch of other holiday musician singers like Darlene Love and Elizabeth Chan. They all came out and were like, excuse me, Bing what about Crosby. us? Hello? <laughs> Who, we are also the queens of Christmas. You can't take that title. Um, but I think it's just stupid. Like, I think she... This is the the only thing that she has left in her roster to remain relevant, yeah, right? Sure. There have been so many times where she's had just like bad performances where people hate Mariah Carey. She was Carey. known for being a mean diva. She was known then... for being a diva. And it's just all she has left is this queen of Christmas stuff. <laughs> and it's one song. It's, it's right. one, well, I think there's an album, but like. Yeah, but it, still. So nobody made, cares about the album. If you didn't make more than one album, you're not really a queen of Christmas, are you? I'm like, no. You know I mean? yeah. Also, we're in America. Mean? We don't like monarchies. No. There's a reason we overthrew. That's why Burger King's not as popular anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because of the monarchy. <laughs> Getting rid of the... Get rid of the king. Any of you out there that still like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas for you, I challenge you to work one shift at Michael's Arts and Crafts during the holiday you season. Know, I forget like that I you did. did that. Yes, you just have to work one shift at any department store while they're playing Christmas music, and you're going to absolutely right. hate everything about Christmas. Because like you're only allowed to play like the same 12 songs. Yep. <laughs> it's like you play you the, the same, same 12 thing. songs, and it's not only the same 12 songs, the originals, but then you get the same 12 songs of the covers that are of like weird off-brand Disney Because stars. every year everyone needs to do a Christmas album of yep. their take on Little Drummer Boy and all oh, that. I'm like, ah, gosh. done. It's just, it's just so overplayed and you're going to leave working that one shift at Michael's covered in glitter. You're going to smell like stupid spiced apple and cinnamon sticks. I mean, that's not bad. And you're just, you're going to hate your life. And that's how I feel. And every year I get all bah humbuggy and I feel I feel bad. See, I feel bad I, about it. I do too because there are two songs. My grandma always loved Grandma Got Ran Over by the Reindeer. Mm-hmm. My mom loves Santa Baby and when she gets a little eggnogged up, she'll play it on repeat. <laughs> and instead of being nostalgic about the past when I hear certain Christmas songs, it pisses me off. Yeah. yeah. And, and ruining it used Christmas. to be on Christmas Eve is when we would listen to them in the, the house. Christmas, we would yes. open the first round of like a couple early presents. Put up We'd the get tree. to stay up late. Mm-hmm. But now it's shoved down our throats already. Yeah. On Christmas so isn't us against Christmas, it's Christmas against us! Yes! Take that! Get these books before they're banned. Oh no, banned books, that's never worked out. Or has it? It's Matt Bearden, it's Parent Pickup. And tell us, what should we be reading, kiddos and friends and family? Uh, well, I don't think they're actually going to ban these books necessarily. But, you know, I've been spending a lot of time talking about stuff, maybe more about, like, uh, older tweens or whatever. And I thought, hey, I'm neglecting the parents who are picking up the younger kids. And um, 
Science is cool. Sure, yeah, it's fun. It's how we learn. It's really great. In fact, uh, even my daughter, who doesn't like a lot of maths, does like the science-y part. So I found a long article, and I picked out a couple of what I thought were my favorite books for young younger people about science. First one, these are really hot right now. I'm talking about mushrooms uh, for lots of reasons, but also mushrooms just seem to be a Kids, they people are into. There's a great documentary right now on Netflix about about how they communicate with trees themselves, right. other things, and and they are they break down um, and re uh, re incarnate in a way a lot of different plant and animal species. Fungenarium, welcome to the museum. Uh, that's the name of this book by Katie Scott. Fungenarium, uh, welcome to the museum. I'm sorry, it's by Esther Gaya. And uh, and it's illustrated by Katie Scott, and it it's uh, it looks great. I've seen some of the inside stuff. The illustrations are incredible, which is always good. Plus, it's a big oversized book, eleven by fourteen, which I always liked as a kid. It's uh, geared for kids kids ages eight to twelve, but I think even younger kids uh, could enjoy it. So that's one, right? Okay. Number two, I think because of the things that have been going on in the world, and all of these are kind yep. of for like. Uh, uh, I would say like uh, maybe first grade through uh, fifth grade, sixth grade. Uh, here we go. This one's an early reader, which is great because your kids can read it. You don't have to read it for them. But uh, it's called Snot, Sneezes, and Super Spreaders. Uh, it's basically all about viruses and how to stop not, them. Not getting sick and getting other people sick. Well, I've been sick now for, I think, what, 17 weeks now, it seems I thought, like? I can't get well. I thought you were about to say 17 years. Yeah, well, it feels that way, you know what I mean? But it's kind of, a, the whole thing is it helps you get like an early understanding of the concept of virology, vaccines, the science behind why you should cover your nose when you sneeze, not just your parents yelling at you to cover your nose when you and sneeze. And not like just do, do the wiping your arm and touching yeah. your face. And if you spend any time on Facebook over the last, say, uh, let's call it two and a half years, I think you probably have seen from Facebook and the arguments you've been in with with your relatives that we could all stand to learn a little bit about how viruses and bacteria actually and work. Stuff yeah. Actually work. You know, I mean, I think everyone decided that they were a expert. An expert lately. Uh, we would read stuff or on a, another Facebook group and go, uh-uh. Anyway, I think it's a kind of a great start for kids. And then uh, I'm always a big proponent uh, of uh, these kinds of books. And this one is for younger people, ages 6 to 10. It's called Women in Science, 50 Fearless Pioneers Who Changed the World. One of the reasons I bring this up is when you get into the STEM and STEAM fields, a sad fact is that we continue to see um, a a lagging there of um, all the genders uh, being represented in uh, those careers later on. And I don't think that that's true earlier on. Just something happens uh, in our development for some reason. We don't get to see as many women, and I think that that is a shame because one of the things you learn about science is that you don't even have to have a whole lot of background. You just have to have an inquisitive mind, and the biggest breakthroughs have been through people who are just really inquisitive. We shouldn't be chasing chasing anyone out at an early age and telling them, hey, science isn't really for you. And uh, that's why I think this was an important because not only— We can say that to Graham Hancock— I don't know. Who okay, that is. never mind. Never mind. Go on. Okay. Well, I uh, I I just think that it's important for two not only to encourage uh, young women to pursue that, but also 
It's never a bad idea to let our young gentlemen know that it's not weird to see women in science. So anyway, those are uh, that's it. That's it for today's parent pickup. ADD Radio. CJ Morgan on. Wait. Some new fast food treats are coming to your mouth today. I'm getting very concerned with the integrity of our organization here. CJ. You have gained, I mean, 50 pounds of fat. The man is carrying around trash bags filled with Mexican foods. CJ is fat! Yesterday is National Fast Food Day, so Emily, myself, and Spencer, we did a little fast food draft. Sorry, not draft. That would be stealing a bit from the Morning X. Recruiting. Created by Jason Dick and Nick and Emily. We did fast food recruiting. We're recruiting these to our cause. Yeah, for fun. Sure. Or for battle or for, for friendship. Here's who we got. Uh, Emily chose McDonald's, Panda Express, Jack in the Box, and Popeye's. Good selection. She had the classic fast food restaurant with McDonald's, uh, fast food Chinese food, late night, everything with Jack in the Box and chicken. None of us had chicken. I chose Taco Bell, Whataburger, Dairy Queen, and Arby's. Spinny went with Burger King, Wendy's, P. Terry's, and Culver's. Here's where I stand. I feel like uh, I might have lost. I didn't look at the results just yet. But all mine are just burger joints, and you guys have the more diversity, so I feel like... Good point! Yeah, I feel I didn't like, think of that. You know, fast food isn't just burgers, despite its origins at White Castle and McDonald's, um, but... It's everything. It's everything now. Uh, it's even well, Fazoli's. We forgot about Italian fast food. I thought Emily was going to have this. Uh, let's see who our winner is! 51.9% of humans chose me Yay. as your uh, winner of the bracket. And all these places, it looks like, have something uh, new and delicious on the menu now. Oh. Taco Bell launching a new seven-layer nacho what? fries. They're really hitting hard on the nacho fries. So, yeah, nacho fries and actual uh, delicious meat, beans, guacamole, queso, and sour cream. Okay. Uh, and you said the Enchirito's back. It's back today oh. for the rest of the month. And then who knows if they'll bring it back permanently. Probably not. They'll They're probably just going to do another vote. Double Decker versus Enchirito round two. Get out of here. I uh, don't think I would leave <laughs> you out, Spencer. Burger King launches their new pick two meal yeah. featuring the BK Royal Crispy Chicken Sandwich Bur- and uh, their Whoppers. They're the reason I lost, I think, because I chose them. So. No one eats Burger King. <laughs> That's not true. But me. Uh, Panda Express. Emily's pick, one of her favorites, her wild card. They're introducing... New apple pie rolls, adding a little bit of a sugary, hmm. delicious dish. You can get those at uh, Panda Express. Are these um, like of course, s- everything at Panda Express is sugar. <laughs> right. Are these styles like stylized like egg rolls, or is it like No, a- they look more like churros, uh, mm. not with the texture on the outside, but sure. just cinnamon wraps with uh, apple gooey goodness on the inside. Uh, the Wagyu Steakhouse Burger. It's back at Arby's. Remember, nice. I was going to eat it and then yeah, I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's back now, Damn, so I can it, actually try their new Wagyu Steakhouse Burger. Must have done well. Returning on uh, the twenty first. Ooh, that's four uh, so days away, baby. If I get tired of wanting to have Thanksgiving stuff, no, I'll just go no, get that. Man. Just bring that to your Thanksgiving uh, lunch or dinner. Uh, just a whole bunch of bags yeah. of the Wagyu burgers. <laughs> now, last but not least, Spencer, you mentioned that we forgot to include Italian fast food. How yeah. could we? Sorry, Fazoli's. Don't worry, you can go to Wendy's now and get their. <laughs> Uh, Could you not, dude? Just wait until you hear what this is. It's their new Italian mozzarella sandwiches and new garlic fries. It comes with either chicken or a burger, garlic fries on the side, and of course, mozzarella on top. And topping the chicken or beef patty is a square shaped 
uh, fried cheese stick. Oh, <laughs> fried weird. mozzarella I on was top. Be like eggplant or something. And else. on top of that, marinara. Okay. On an, an Italian bun. So You're getting a little too jack-in-the-box there. Get ready to go have <laughs> a heart attack, and you know what? Don't blame us for it. Welcome to yet another edition of Edit or Bet It. Emily Spencer, Matt, myself, CJ, all here. Uh, two people are going to take each other on. This week we've drawn Matt as the challenger, myself, CJ, as the expert. The uh, subject matter is going to be Napoleon Bonaparte. And uh, Matt's oh. basically, he's uh, come up with a summary of Napoleon, and it's some piece of this is a uh, is a lie, an infactual, incorrect piece of information. I'm going to have to try to detect that. I'm going to have to see if I can remember 10, 15 years ago of, of college history. I'm glad it's you and not me. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. This is, also, I'm, I'm a little worried about this because there's such a large scope and there's so many, like... It's just so much you can drill down to, and my brain's just filled with mush and nonsense. And um, Legos. And uh, many, many, too many Legos. Recently. I should have just done Legos. Well, they were thinking. You could do this one. Um, yeah, man. Matt, yeah. how are you feeling about this? Uh, I feel, I mean, fine, I guess. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know anything about Napoleon, uh, anything that has ever happened in Europe, my brain shuts down for. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love that. The ice cream he invented, that three favorite mm-hmm. flavored, you know, with the strawberry yeah, and the yeah, vanilla yeah. and the chocolate. But that's all I ever knew about him, you know. Yeah, Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Yeah, it turns yeah. out I looked into that. He didn't make that. He yeah. didn't make that ice cream at all. So then I was sure. really, was really stumped. Accomplishments, no ice cream. Yeah, really. Yeah, let's not do this. Really stumped after that, and um, I feel bad if you are worried about this and doing a lot of studying because I, I I wasn't about to drill down and like this well, guy feel, he fought a lot of wars I he did a bad. lot of stuff I haven't done any studying that's the problem is, oh, is no. now everything's just jumbled in my mind and I'm like wait I, I'm gonna confuse it point being uh, Matt's gonna give me a little summary that he put together <laughs> there's a lie in it um, before we do it Spencer and Emily as uh, hangers out on the sideline get a choose to bet now for more points or bet afterwards for less points as to who they think is going to uh, uh, win today. Will Matt deceive me or will I pick out the lie? Emily, we'll start with you. Do you want to bet now or hear the summary? I want to hear the summary because Napoleon, that is a very interesting subject and I have no idea how much you know about Napoleon. There's a lot of crap, yeah. I'm not going to to take the risk. Uh, Spencer. I am going to vote that you, CJ Morgan, will be able to suss out the line. That'd be a good way to go. I mean, the guy nervous. This guy studied. Didn't you study Napoleon in school? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That was 15 years ago, though. And again, the problem is, is there's so many things. I don't know. Uh, Emily's going to wait for bikinis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm in Texas State, dude. There's a river. Oh yeah, that's what you. Uh, All right, Matt. I'm ready if you are for the first reading. This is about. Napoleon Bonaparte, which I learned his last name just recently. Yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte was born to a well-do French family, his father even serving in Louis XVI's court. Despite this, in an early job as a French soldier, he later rose to prominence during the French Revolution as a supporter of and a soldier for the Republic. As a young officer, he fought in Egypt. He came to power after he and various loyalists overthrew the French Directory in a coup on November 9th, 1799, closing down the Council of 500 and establishing a new constitution. He survived several assassination plots, eventually resurrected the House of Bourbon, 
and saw himself elected Emperor of France in 1804. A series of defeats led to the loss of his power. He was exiled to Elba, but he was allowed to keep the title of Emperor. Not good enough, he returned to Paris in 1815, once again declared himself the ruler of France. But the Duke of Wellington defeated Napoleon for a final time at the Battle of Waterloo, and he was imprisoned on St. Helena Island until his death in 1821. Mm. Mm. Okay, see, I, I was very worried about exactly what Matt did. Um, dates. Specific dates. Dates are yeah. the most uh, uh, very difficult historical thing to lock down. Um, it's just rote even, memorization. Even when writing, when when we were writing history papers, we were allowed note cards during tests that, and specifically, we were allowed dates. Right. Uh, but you know, before I, I drilled down into, and not to mention the dates, uh, the French Revolutionary they changed the calendar to uh, to Thermidor, Fructidor, Brumaire, yeah. like they they completely changed the month. So that that gets confusing. Uh, Emily, you wanna you wanna bet for me or you wanna bet for Matt? <laughs> I think I'm gonna bet for you, CJ. Dude, y'all are pissing me off. <laughs> I'm so sorry to Don't put pressure on you. Don't be mad at us for faith okay. in you. But Jeez. like, I, I have faith in you. You. Uh, all right, let's, you know uh, specific things that I don't know, and let's, that's let's come back. Okay, let's uh, let's get one more reading and see. Okay, and see again if uh, I can do. The, why am I so nervous? Why do we? Don't be nervous. nervous. <laughs> We're back at edit or bet it. Uh, Matt is the challenger. I'm the expert. The subject being Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, my man Spencer bet on me. Yes. Emily, also bet on me. Yep. Um, I'm going to have to pick out a detail, a lie, something uh, that's incorrect in Matt's uh, telling and his summary of Napoleon. Uh, let's hear it again. Okay, here we go. And um, here we go. Napoleon Bonaparte was born to a well-to-do French family, his father even serving in Louis XVI's court. Despite this and an early job as a French soldier, he later rose to prominence during the French Revolution as a supporter of and a soldier for the Republic. As a young officer, he fought campaigns first in Italy and later in Egypt. He came to power after he and some loyalists overthrew the French Directory in a coup on November 9, 1799. And they closed, uh, they closed down the Council of 500 and established a new constitution. He survived several assassination plots and he eventually resurrected the House of Bourbon. And he saw himself elected Emperor of France in 1804. A series of defeats led to his loss of power, and he was exiled to Elba, but allowed to keep the title of Emperor. Not good enough. He returned to Paris in 1815, once again declaring himself ruler of France. But the Duke of Wellington defeated Napoleon for a final time at the Battle of Waterloo, and he was imprisoned on St. Helena Island until his death in 1821. And they called it, uh, when he returned from Elba, uh, the Hundred Days. Ah, they see? called it the Hundred Days. I learned that. You know and there were, You know, there are a lot of things, like had Napoleon <laughs> defeated Wellington at Waterloo, which his whole thing was to strike out at an army before they could link up with other ones, um, would he have reigned emperor again in France triumph? Mm-hmm. Probably not, because also the Austrians, the Russians, every, all of Europe was still mobilizing against him. He just wanted to get him out there. Here's what I found out by reading about him. He's not unlike a lot of powerful people that we have seen, even in this country, hey, maybe recently, where <laughs> even when they seem to be in charge of everything, but then suddenly lost election, and then everybody seemed to be turning on them, they still could gather up enough people and keep on a ticket. Uh, 
uh, when Marshall Nye was actually sent to apprehend him. He said, who amongst you would shoot your emperor? This isn't the history one-up, each other. Come on. Yeah. The the thing that confuses me is the resurrecting the House of Bourbon. Um, I don't know crap about that. You threw. I mean, exactly if that's right or wrong. The dates you threw out are really confusing because again, dates and memories and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I do think Napoleon was born in 1769, died in 1821, uh, but his family was not French. They were Corsican. You said he was born to a French family. They were Corsican, and their nobility was not passed to him. Um, by uh, the, the French, it was uh, by Italian. So I'm going to say that's what's wrong is your first sentence right there. You are correct. Okay. Thank you. We knew I know, it. I know. We believed um, in you. Well, I did in the second half. I believe in you. Well, first half did not. I put that in there. Okay. What and was I thought, your strategy? Well, I thought I didn't re- know have any strategy because I didn't know. I, here's what I thought was interesting to people that were listening in their cars. Mm-hmm. Napoleon wasn't French. No. I never knew he, that he was Italian. Weird. He hated, well, not even Italian, Corsican. Corsican who but he was, even, he was owned anyway. Corsica was owned or controlled by Italy. Italy. And then not even off. Italy. Italy wasn't a country well, that's yet. True. It that's was true. different city states. Uh, was he short? Uh, uh, no, he was average height for his time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, because that was the other that's thing. Everyone was shorter. shorter. Short. Though, because he was shorter than some of his playmates. And he had a really yes. heavy accent and couldn't speak very good French. He was teased uh, for being an immigrant, essentially. Also, oh. uh, Matt, what was his uh, last name? He hated the French for a long time. It was Buonaparte. Uh, Napoleon de Buonaparte. Yeah, and, and he, he changed huh. his name later. I, I did not know <laughs> that the leader of France, this huge French figure, was not French. Was, was not essentially French. an immigrant to France. Didn't know it, and I found it fascinating. And I thought, well, this will probably be easy. But I thought, if anything... You might forget somehow and then get bogged down in these dates. That was my strategy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I assumed. Yeah, yeah, you did really well. Uh, thanks. That, that, was that, good. that was fun. Uh, we'll be back with more Editor Betta. And I will say, wow. you know, uh, Napoleon really did some really bad things. Killed a lot of people. He reintroduced slavery uh, in French colonies. Ah. Also did some good things. The Napoleonic Code is the basis for a lot of Western and European law. He was a very efficient peacemaker, treaty draw. He would, they called him the little corporal because he would get in the trenches with his soldiers to load cannon and to to organize and rally but you know what it's over and i brought this trophy for you matt a bust of napoleon <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but i guess i get to keep it so yes. it stays oh, on yeah. my mantle uh, there you go the- editor bennett will be back uh with more coming up yay for you too could be jesus <laughs> I just wanted to say that that I'm a nerd. That's right. There's a new video game where you could be Jesus. Wow. It looks very much like a first-person shooter game or maybe even uh, some of the... uh, the Skyrim style, yeah, you know, like that. Where, yeah. where you go around and you acquire things. And, yeah, but and it's, you know, it's... it's, it's POV sort right, of thing. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if this is blasphemous, educational, or just a marketing gimmick, but yeah, new game, uh, you can be Jesus. Spencer, I think it is the marketing gimmick. Do you want to be Jesus? Uh... In this know, game. Not, not really. I'm, no. <laughs> Based on what the trailer looks like, it looks uh, a little crappy to me. It, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's a standalone game, uh, and there's going to be a, a full version uh, where you can walk in the footsteps of uh, Jesus Christ in the first-person retelling of the story from birth <laughs> to resurrection. Wow. Uh, you can become the Messiah. Let's take a little peek at the trailer. 
Many people have attempted to write about the things that have taken place among us. Oh, wow. Most of these things were handed down to us. Uh, very Skyrim. Yeah, a little. Finally, we are meeting the Son of God who wants to save all humans. So, <laughs> you're pushing and pulling objects way. right here. It's showing you how to, how to do that on the screen. First and of all. He's, Jesus was a carpenter because I know the one scene he's like moving some board around yeah, he's, with his. He's moving a board right his, here with his, his powers. His, his holy trinity powers or whatever they call it in the game. I'm like man, my man Jesus grew up. He was a carpenter by trade. He would he be was doing skilled. that. He would be doing that by hand. I he bet. Didn't need magic. I'm Simon. This is my brother Andrew. We're trying to catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> you teach people how to catch fish. It's so dumb, dude. Oh my god, Jesus. I mean, uh, oh my lord. <laughs> The wedding appears to have a small issue. I don't know, but I thought you might be able to help. Okay, give him some wine. Yeah, he's, it's so the wedding's dumb. issue is they just have a bunch of water, and he's and you're in the video game. You are turning it to wine. <laughs> this wine is better than the wine we had before. <laughs> Dude, it just seems so cheesy. So is this uh, all right? Tell now, me the level of marketing gimmick. Has this been made, or is this just a trailer? Now, this this was a... I did a little research based on what people have been saying. This first appeared in 2019 as some sort of announcement, but most people thought it was going to be like vaporware, you know, like someplace will announce things and nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Uh, but then this just surfaced uh, this past week, and people are like, well, it's kind of funny that they made a joke, like, hey, this is weird that it's been three years, you know, <laughs> or like the three-day <laughs> thing after he rises from the grave, whatever. But uh, initially, I'm just like, it just looks kind of dumb and, and hokey, and I, I feel like a lot of the conversation resolved, revolving around it now is, I think they're just sort of making this little clunky thing for like, Twitch for streamers, people okay. that stream it to sort of get some attention, things like that, because uh, I don't know how you make a workable game like this. And when you make know it what fun happens, without actually, well, right. How do you make it fun without actually, you know, <laughs> sort of defacing or disgracing the uh, entire like story religion, of yeah. Jesus Christ uh, by giving them like superpowers? It's just to me, it's really silly. One, because I played a lot of games, I know what to look like and how cheesy it could potentially look or end up being. Very mislevel graphics too. Also, I know they're not going for the realism because they got the white Jesus, and historically speaking, he wouldn't have been white. You shut your Blasphemous uh, mouth now, Spencer. <laughs> Jesus was white. All right. Okay? No, he wasn't. All right, the game's out. At some point, we'll let you know. <laughs> Making your drive home a little weirder. CJ Morgan on 101X. Who was your very first crush as a kid? Fictional. Fictional, fictional crush. I don't want to call any names. Man, there were so many points. And you're kind of talking about a coming-of-age crush in a way, right? Yes, where, one where you were like, oh, they're kind of cute. Yeah. Hmm. Whether it be a cartoon or a video game character or maybe just like, I don't know, like a, I like if there was somebody on a movie or fictional. Interesting. Fictional. I have my number one overall, and I'm kind of embarrassed because it's so cliche and ger- generic for oh, anyone I bet my it's for age. Star, Star Wars. Uh, Princess Leia, yes. Like I did, but that's yeah. not my number one. Ah. I, I remember liking uh, both, uh, uh, was it Velma and Daphne from uh, Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo? <laughs> because they were both different, but yeah. like 
attractive in a way. Okay. Um, who else? I, God, dude, so many. But again, mine's so cliche. I kind of want to yeah. hear y'all's first. Mm. You go. Do Do you want to go first? Spencer? I have a scowl on my face because I don't remember a lot of elements of my childhood for some reason, and it's oh, very difficult. Okay. Out probably. It's, it's and I had a good childhood, pretty much. I think. <laughs> but I just I don't recall all that, and it's not sure. I do remember watching the movie We're Back. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. It's a dinosaur cartoon. What is it called? We're Back. We are back. It was one of those Don Bluth films that were sort of trying oh. to compete with Disney, and a lot oh, of their films were they're good. they're like in the city. Yeah. So yes. We're back at Dinosaur Story. But there's this uh, young, there's like maybe a 10-year-old kid and a 10-year-old girl kid, too, that they're like the lead characters. Yes. And there's a part in the, the movie where they kiss, and I remember tearing up about that, but not, Ooh. you know, nothing below the waist happening. I was just like, oh, that's so sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I don't You're know like, where my first, exists. you know... And it doesn't, it was chaos back it doesn't then. necessarily have to be, yeah, like sexual, um, but. That um, sort of awakening is chaotic when you're a kid, especially one, in this country, when you don't get taught about any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple more I just remembered. Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Winnie from uh, The Wonder Years. Uh, okay. There was um, the when when Elliot and E. T. kissed the girl in that scene. I was like, oh, yeah. kissing girl. Like <laughs> kissing I remember girl. that. I mean, and I'm like, maybe the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers, but I don't remember ever thinking about them individually except as a, a cohesive unit. Yeah. And then I like the blue one, who was like the sad, like nerdy guy. <laughs> uh, what about you, Emily? Billy um, was his name, right? Gosh. Billy, yeah. Okay, I'm about to out myself really hard. So there's two. Then this is why I came up with this topic is because I was I rewatched one of these films and I thought about it and I was like. <laughs> Oh gosh, this really shaped me as a human. Wait, being. is it the one you watched as a kid that you watched as an adult and you were like, oh, that was grooming? Oh, no. What was that one? What was that one? I don't know. Something you watch a uh, lot. Sister of the Trailing Pants. Oh, yes, that's what yeah. it was. There was like an older guy. And yeah. this was, she was no, a, no, 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 no. Not, not that, that one. Okay. Not yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, these are both cartoons because I, I am unable to be in love with real men. So, you know, men Just or women. Just the idealistic versions. Um, get through life. Don't so worry. did you ever watch Anastasia? Like the 1997 film? It was oh. like a musical. Oh, man, and, you had a crush on the little bat. Uh, Meg bat. Ryan was Anastasia and John Cusack was I, yeah, I was already, you didn't have a crush on the little bat guy, did you? He's I little, did not have a crush okay, on the little bat guy. Name. I had crush on John Cusack's character, who was Dimitri. Okay. And my taste in, in men is 110% Dimitri. Wow. He's like this, he's super cocky. And I don't know what, like the first time I watched that as a kid, I was like, wow, I think they're flirting with each other, but he's just being mean to her and she's being mean back. And that's... That's kind of fun. And now that's exclusively what I look for is is like a good banter. I like a good banter in relationships. And he has this like (laughs) the 90s split down the middle, uh, brown, flowy hair. You like long hair. Yep. 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 And he's just like, like I said, he's a little cocky. He's a little confident, but then he's got a little sweet side for her. So that's one. The second one, which is very embarrassing. Aladdin is my favorite. Aladdin's pretty tight, Favorite man. Uh, Disney movie. He was semi-shirtless the whole time. Well, you well, know, the little vest. You're he had assuming, semi-longer hair. You're assuming that I was in love with Aladdin. The genie. I was in love with Jafar. Slave Jasmine. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Just the specific scenes. There is a scene. 
scene. And if you've seen it, you know where Jasmine has to be uh, Jafar's slave yeah. for like a scene. And she wears this. Sl- it's basically like Slave Leia. Where Princess she wears, Leia, or, yeah. Sorry, Princess Leia. Where she w- wears this like red kind of situation. And hmm. then she has to seduce him to Dude, distract that is some him. Catholic school upbringing it, therapy it totally discussion was. right there. Oh, it totally yeah, is. I don't think CJ and I are as well adjusted to no. remember such important moments. It like was a that very important moment in my life, and I just remember watching it on my parents' laptop on a road trip, and I just kept re- rewinding the part and playing it again. And I was like, "Is this bad? Am I going to get in trouble if they find out?" All right. Man, mine aren't yeah. mine aren't any interesting again. See, I really thought you guys were gonna dig a little deeper. No, I didn't realize I remember, that I was uh, the uh, I just remembered another one, Paul Abdul. Oh yes. Um, and then my number one super, super over the top cliche, uh, Kelly Kapowski. Oh, Tiffany yeah. Tiffany Amber that's, Thiessen. That's I, very... I did like Lisa Turtle a lot. Wasn't into Jesse, but Lisa Turtle was, was my number oh, two. But Kelly Kapowski, yeah, that, that's, I'm, I have nothing interesting to say. I'll get back to you after my next therapy when I probably will. Okay. Dive, dig a little deeper. I, I challenge you to that. <laughs> I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but we just got the winter outlook from Noah. Uh, N-O-A-A, not just some dude that works in the building. No, this is the National Weather Service, and or the National Ocean- Oceanic Atmospheric Administration and the National Weather Service together have let us know what uh, it's going to look like for the next couple of months, Tight. all the way through March across the country, specifically here in Texas. Uh, the last Has it been two winters now that's been pretty bad? We had the freeze during the pandy. And then last year it also froze and got pretty crappy, right? I think uh, time time is a Dude, weird, time, circular, bizarre. It, I don't I don't. What is time? It's a construct by us. Time oh, okay. and space are actually the same thing. I don't even know if the past few years actually happened. To be honest, to we me, could so. be in a simulation. And if we are, um, I would like some more money and chicken nuggets. Thank yes, you. please. Uh, anyhow, we are having some effects of La Nina, which is going to make it dry. It's going to make it warm. As a matter of fact, very unseasonably warm huh. all the way through March. Um, Southwest Texas, especially along the border, it's actually going to be uh, possibly. Getting a, a a little bit hot, a little bit hot, and we're not going to have really a wintry Texas uh, whatsoever. Do I believe this? I mm, will when I see it. When we get through right. February and there hasn't been a miserable free snowstorm, then I'll be like, right. oh yeah, it's still too traumatizing. Plus, we when grew, our power didn't cut out. Plus, we grew up when uh, weather prediction technology wasn't that great yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we were listening to weathermen and be like, ah, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow, and it wouldn't, you know, things like that. So I think we got a natural skepticism when it comes to this. Absolutely, and there's there's still things that can change. Uh, on a, on a dime, even if it's ninety percent going to rain in Austin, it might not do it in your neighborhood, or True. it might blow by, or uh, like I said, La Nina might change it. The ninety day outlook published earlier this morning says that we will uh, have no snow for Christmas in Austin. Well, and I know the kids are going to be a little sad about that because oh all no. we want is a, is a white Christmas. Uh, and then, yeah, January and February, not a lot of chances of it uh, getting wintry either. Weird. Yeah. So it's going to be around 50s, 60s, kind of it's been this past week. Do you do you know at least? <laughs> I'm going to say, sure, man, whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> sure, that's man. just me interpreting this uh, massive uh, piece of data. But again, you know, this may be isn't directly related to anything because I, I, I feel like since 
2013-14 winter has been, severe winter has been pushed in Texas back to February. Sure. But because of La Nina, uh, a climate pattern that kind of divides the country in half, dry winter in one area, wet winter in the northern half, that we're not going to be quite getting what we uh would usually expect. Hmm. And that got me to thinking, you know what we actually need instead of La Nina? Uh, we really need... I am El Nino. El Nino to return. All the tropical storms must bow before El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. For those of you who don't habla espanol, El Nino is Spanish for... The Nino. So there we go. Uh, if El Nino could possibly return, we Man. might have a better chance of uh, getting some uh, normal weather, maybe a little bit uh, more rain during the year. I often find myself wondering. Confused that I did this entire thing just to play that Chris Farley clip? Well, no, but I often find myself imagining what a world would have been like if he still lived until, until today. If only. Uh, but oh well. Rest maybe, in peace, Chris Farley. Maybe in the next simulation. Listen, believe in science or question it. Welcome to People Behaving Badly, where we render a verdict as to whom out there is just being bad. Oh. A lot of people. Doing oh, bad, yeah. doing good. It's it's so frustrating you, with the internet these days. You yourself, listener, might be being bad right now. Yeah, stop that. Yeah, no bad. And if we catch you, we'll uh, call you out on the segment. Uh, right. People behaving badly, which is what it's all about. And there's been a lot of debate over science um, in the last couple of years, not just with the pandemic and believe science. Listen to your doctors, medicated sure, yeah. professionals, peer reviewed, blah blah blah. Goes to flat Earth. It goes um to everything beyond this. However. One person that I think people will listen to has actually asked a very enticing question, presented something that might change the entire way we view our world and even outer space just beyond the realm of the Earth. Uh, On Inside the NBA recently, one of my favorite shows, which, you know, if you watch NBA on TNT, they have uh, Ernie, Chuck, Shaq, um, a couple of uh, Kenny, some What's commentators. NBA, NBA stands for neuroscience, biology and, and astrophysics. Yes. Or in this case, just the National Basketball Association. But uh, oh. I guess last night, usually it's Charles Barkley that says something dumb and has to be challenged <laughs> and called out. Uh, this time it was it was Shaq <gasps> who believes something very magical. Very Well, I wouldn't even call it magical, but uh, just outside of the Earth's atmosphere, there might be something lurking. I have a new theory. There's more than one moon. Oh, no. Let me tell you my theory. The other day I was riding, and the moon was on the left. And I'm keeping right. going straight, didn't make any returns, and about 20 minutes later, the moon was behind me. That's because it was moving, fool. No, there's more than one moon. <laughs> and then another Check, 45 please. seconds, the moon was on my right. There's more than one moon. So there you go. More than, there's more than one moon. <laughs> he's not even serious. <laughs> I don't know. That's that show Shaq is likes fun to mess funny. around. So I don't even know if he's being um, serious. Well, I, I want to hear that again, just because uh, I think that's Charles. I don't know if that's Charles Barkley or Kenny, because I'm just playing moving, the audio. Fool. We're not like, yeah, I guess it's moving. Uh, but l- listen to this compelling evidence, and then I'm going to get into uh, you know today's person behaving badly. Uh, also, reason why people think there is another moon. You've heard maybe about the 
Planet X theory yeah. or Nibiru, that there's another planet in our solar system that is on such a long uh, elliptical path that it only comes close to the Earth every now and then. Mm, we would have found it already. Would we have? Yes. Uh, because let me tell you about this uh, second Dude, moon they, they theory. They found multiple galaxies millions and millions of light years away. We would find something very easily in our own solar system. Okay, mm, you think so, but there is, some, Go on, though. there is some credit to this moon theory, and I'll explain it to you in the way it was kind of explained to me. Sure. Uh, watch a YouTube video. But yeah, here's, uh, here's Shaq again. I have a new theory. There's more than one moon. Oh, no. Let me tell you my theory. The other day I was riding, and the moon was on the left. And I'm keeping right. going straight, didn't make any returns, and about 20 minutes later the moon was behind me. That's because it was moving fool. Nah, there's more than one moon. <laughs> and then another Check, 45 please. seconds the moon was on my right. There's more than one moon. More than one moon Spencer. You so don't that, believe it? So that's a YouTube video right yeah, there. Well no it's so look we have a black slate behind us this TV. So look at that and I want you to look at the top right corner of the TV but like or just look into an empty space. I'm that's just a, that's a rectangle. It, yeah. Okay. Sure. Now close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now open them. <laughs> There's the moon right there. It's not a bright, very bright moon. There's a lot of hair all over that. Oh, man. Yeah, I hurt my back doing that. So I really wish he would have warned me because uh, I didn't want to see that. Yeah, so <laughs> full moon out tonight. <laughs> oh, man, you didn't show the whole thing. Show yeah, me the whole thing. I guess I'm today's person behaving badly for <laughs> nudity in the office place. Oh, man. Did you know? Oh, it's Whoa. my favorite time of the day. Yes, we're going to learn some stuff. Uh, did you know, as young men, it was often our uh, weird driving internal instincts to find uh, a little bit of nudity. And it was difficult back in the day. Matt probably had a Sears Roebuck catalog. Hell I'm yeah. not that old. Seems like you were just wanking it to uh, log cabins. Look, that man. is not fair at all. <laughs> well, there, there's been jokes about J.C. Penny catalogs or yeah, the underwear dude. issue, Victoria's Secrets, yeah. scrambled uh, uh, Cinemax back in the day where you could, if you just uh-huh. moved the little uh-huh. dial right, you I've could also every now and then see a boob. also heard tell of a legendary sometime people finding a, a magazine out in the woods that someone's buried there. On their behalf. Yeah, Never I understand to that you guys are saying that, but that's not how old I am. Oh. I also, at that time of my age, coming about, I was in southwest Louisiana. I could always just watch some neighborly sisters make out or something. Yeah, oh, or nice, just yeah, nice. go down to Bourbon Street. I will say I was uh, uh, incidentally exposed at a fairly young age because my military grandfather, we had an outdoor closet at his uh uh, at my grandma and grandpa's house, and um, he had a bunch of like military crap, but he never wanted to talk about it. He would every now and then give me like a uniform or medals, and so I broke into the outdoor closet, and there was boxes of all his old army stuff, and man, did I find the cache of 1960s and 70s nice. magazines. There you go. And that stuff was hardcore, like hustler level, Yikes. like yeah. uh, Really? Dude, I thought yes. in the olden times they didn't show any, like, I thought it was just like a a, a, a woman in a miniskirt and someone, that was enough for somebody. Dude, yeah, I mean, this, is, this was military grade over the <laughs> day. Yeah, military <laughs> grade porn. They ship these with the rations, so like, here's your MRE, here's yeah. your uh, copy <laughs> which, of Hustler. Which they probably tried to ban, because you need all that ang- pent-up anger and frustration. Uh, point being, did you know a lot of people found saw their first boob here? National Geographic has printed over 500 photos of women with yes. bare breasts yes. since it started in 1896. Yes! Uh, here's the thing. Did you know National Geographic averages four 
to five boobs a year. Uh, that would be eight to ten, but that is the average. Uh, uh, did you know it was never satisfying to see? <laughs> you're just like, oh my god, let's see, and then you're like, oh wow, yeah, that's what that's they look like. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that's a mother was, woman nursing. It's there was an air of learning about it, and yeah. the last thing you wanted as a young man was to learn anything. <laughs> I mean, that also goes with uh, YouTube. There are age restrictions for content. There's no nudity on YouTube unless it is birthing and breastfeeding videos and again yeah. as a young man that is not something you want to see i think we instinctually do not want to see a motherly figure or our mama i don't know there's the whole oedipus complex no. kind of thing no there isn't yeah. that's for one guy yeah. oedipus yeah. himself yeah <laughs> that was his problem and he was such a weirdo they wrote a play about i him. know <laughs> did you know uh three countries actually have dragons on their flag Bhutan, yeah. crying across Wales, your chin. And Malta. <laughs> That's, you know, we had to do that. Uh, did you know Italy has won more Best Foreign Language International Film Oscars than any other country? Uh, France is number two. Do you know why? Because they both have giant film festivals. Boobies. Oh, nudity. Too many, French, really? too French many and boobies? Italian movies. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, that's why they're one and two. Easy. Oh, I made that up, but it sounds legit, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with it. Okay, yeah, good. man. He's like the store brand of funny. CJ Morgan. Morgan on 101X. Wow, there are a lot of us. Greetings, listener. It is now time for weird or wired. Is it weird? Is it wired? Matt Bearden's here. Are you celebrating a magical number? It is a magical number. I'm sure everyone has seen the news this week, but we have hit the 8 billion humans milestone. Yeah, That's coincidence right. that World War III is about to start the day after that got announced. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't worry, nothing's ever happened when Poland's been attacked. We're no. fine. I have seen a couple people report this incorrectly. They're like, oh my god, there have been 8 billion humans. No, 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 no. There have been probably more than that. There are 8 billion humans living. on Earth Correct. at one time. That is the largest number of humans to have at one time. It turns out the virus that is humans... <laughs> Cannot be slowed. That's right. Uh, just in 1925, 2 billion humans. 50 years later, 4 billion humans. Okay, it took and 50 years to double. Basically, every 50 years, we are kind of doubling. Except, except, we may be hitting a wall very soon. Because a lot of people think, oh, that means it will be at 16 billion soon. And then 32 billion. Nah. Here's the thing. In order to support us, we need stuff like food. Yeah. And water. And better infrastructure and a whole bunch of stuff. And that, we are really know. kind of bumping at the limits of what we're able to do. I mean, as we're far doing too goes. much bumping for sure. <laughs> well, sure, exactly. Now, do we have the possibility? Could we get together in a kumbaya moment and all of humanity decide that we are our neighbor is not our enemy and let's all work together and make more food? Yeah, we could do that, but yeah. I don't see that coming. We've nah, been man. we've been doing too much kumbaya together. <laughs> You're going to keep trying to make sex jokes, and they're really not going to work. Okay. Come on. All right, everyone. We're talking about science. Come together. No, you're doing the same. As people, and and you know you... I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So while we're a lot of... While while we're a lot... While there are a lot of countries that are currently dealing with this huge explosive population growth, there are a lot of countries that are actually seeing a 
ton of decline right. as I think, well. I think Japan is a big one that's seeing a lot of uh, numbers. Maybe some other, I think it was South Korea maybe. I know yeah. here I think our sperm counts are even lowering in America. So it's like. It's because of chemtrails. Well, yeah, duh. But I mean. Yeah. They go think, ahead. They right. think that around 2080 will probably peak out at about mm, just shy of 11 billion people. Nice. And then start to slowly fall. At least that's what the models are showing right now. Eight countries will probably be responsible for the largest growth. And uh, they're countries that you might not think of. They're all emerging countries. Uh, Nigeria, oh, cool. Tanzania, Pakistan is included in there. And But what happens is most of, most of the countries that I guess that you would say have already emerged maybe, there's a – frankly, there is a, you know – kind of a way we have of living our life that we don't want to drop down in that. And so people get kind of comfortable and say, well, if I have five or six kids, it's too expensive. I'm just going to have my one, and I'll be fine with that. Anyway, uh, I think that this is still kind of wired. I like that human beings have come from probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us in the trees, and now we're uh, 8 billion. We're everywhere, baby. The World Cup is upon us Sunday, as a matter of fact. Spencer, are you excited? Pick a country to go for. Can't be the USA, can't be Germany, and can't be the Netherlands because uh, those have already been picked. Uh, but who? Well, what am I picking for? Just a country to root for in the World <laughs> Cup. I'm having everyone do this. We're going to see who's the best. Who are some good ones? What, what uh, uh, Does Canada play? Canada's in it. Yeah, why not? Okay. Spencer chooses Canada. Good call. Uh, Canada. They got that delicious sweet syrupy stuff up there. Uh, poutine. poutine. Mm. Labatt's Blue. A little bit of everything in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Cup is going to be in Qatar. I know what you're thinking. In the winter? What? That's not World Cup season. Well, it actually is because Qatar is uh, very, very hot. And they even made promises to have, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, um, clouds you that they were going to cloud seed and yeah. air conditioning and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but anyhow, it is uh, it is kicking off officially Sunday. Qatar versus Ecuador. And uh, I was going to print a schedule. I was excited to be like, oh, I'm going to get to watch this while it works. Spinny and I are going to bond together and hang <gasps> out. We are. Every, Finally. Every World Cup game is going to be over before the show. So now we're just stuck with each other again. Uh-huh. I looked at the schedule, and when I adjusted the time to Central, Damn, which dude. they did try to move a lot of the Canada, Mexico, United States, the big games later, uh, the late slots are at 2 p.m., the early one is at 4 a.m. and the oh, middle man. one's at 7 a.m. Man. I know. And I feel like you can't re-watch it. I know no. you can, but it's not the same. It's not quite right? the same as feeling like something is live. even with a, Especially like a, something globally. Yeah. Oh, well. Kind of a bummer, right? Just give up on it. Who cares? All right. <laughs> no, I can't. All right. Canada. No, Goes to Spencer. Okay. Um, Who else has voted on this, by the way? I'm uh, curious. Nick has the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have Jason pick a country tomorrow. You got Germany, and right? Emil, yeah, CJ goes with Germany. Um, Nick, honestly, probably has one, the one so far at the best chance. Uh, Brazil's probably the favorite. Mm. France is the current runner-up. I guess I could have done Belgium. what you did and picked places of some of my ancestry, I guess. You know, like... Well, the Netherlands, <laughs> which is picked. Now, you got Canada, Spencer, and I, I want you to be proud of your decision. Mm. Alfonso Davies plays for Canada. He's pretty pretty good. Uh, nice guy, too. I don't, I don't know, man. The only thing I like about Canada is it's above us. 
Not below us. I don't know. That's trying to think of a something derogatory or not derogatory. People, it is hard to get over there. Uh, If you have like anything on your criminal record, you uh, they'll be like, "Nope, you stopped at the border," and it can be very arbitrary depending on that agent. Yeah. Um. So yeah. um, Like, oh, you have a speeding ticket. We don't want you speeding over here. eh?" I think DWIs are a big thing, but maybe not speeding. Uh, But if you've been arrested ever before, like even if it's been expunged from your record, they can find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Spencer. Work on your people, man. Get their craft together. I want to go to Vancouver someday. Me too. British Columbia. Pretty cool, huh? Oak Island, where they do that stupid TV show where they've never found treasure, but they pretend it's right around the corner. Oh, man, that's not the best. It's like the ghost hunting shows, man. (laughs) Dude, let's talk to my fiance started watching one, and it pisses me off because it's so fake. Oh, of course they're fake. stupid. They have like 20 seasons worth, and it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe it's time to hang up the profession. Did you hear that? I'm shocked right now. I can't breathe. Oh, I got to go outside. Shut up. It's the C.J. Morgan Show on KROX-FM, Buda, Austin, 101X.